Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. It's me, Dean Ryan. Unfortunately, we don't have Dermot Nolan this week. He is suffering from severe toothache. And, you know, just a reminder to all the kids listening out there, do make sure you brush your teeth. And um, we've got Paddy Aspel on the line. Paddy, how are you? All good, Dean. How yourself? Really good. Uh, great to have you back on this week. Of course, got cracking stuff to talk about from the Dublin Racing Festival. And uh, with that in mind, we've brought on Stephen Cass. He's ex-Racing Post and, of course, the founder of the Dublin Racing Club that do a lot of great things uh, over this side of the water in Dublin with regards racing, you know, big preview nights, racing club outings. Uh, Stephen, it's great to have you on. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Pleasure. Um, we are set for a fascinating couple of days at Leperstown Saturday and Sunday, but in tradition for the Race Out podcast, we do talk about some of the eye catchers from the weekend just gone. Uh, I'm going to kick off with the horse that won the, well, was labelled a Gold Cup trial at Cheltenham, uh, Froden. Seems to be improving, seems to have been also around for millions and millions of years. Amazingly, only seven. But I wonder whether if I throw this to Paddy first, um, Froden won well, Paddy, but you know, perhaps Bryony was a little bit clever on the horse in front and uh, managed to mug them a little bit. Ele- elegant escape come from the clouds. Yeah, he's he's a funny horse, elegant escape, because that's twice now around Cheltenham where he just hasn't had the gears to 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 lay up and, and stay competitive. And he, he comes with a lay rattle when when you know, realistically, his winning chance is gone. But, yeah, I thought Frodan, really, I thought they might push him a bit harder going at that trip the other day to try and um, just bottom him a little bit. But, you know, Bryony was, as you say, very clever and got a, got things quite snug on the front end. And, really, he's he's, he's, he's won quite nicely because he's still doing the same thing. He's absolutely ballooning the last and he's, he's pitching at the back of it. He's jumping at that big and round. So he's not jumping like a, a big, empty, tired horse and... I think, you know, Nichols is, is um, I think he's getting a bit fed up of, of people sort of saying, well, you know, why are you running the Gold Cup or are you going to run the Gold Cup? He's, he, he seems pretty determined that that's the route he's going to go down because, you know, apparently the owner is a, a proper proper sort of traditional national hunt man and, and that's that's the route they want to take. Yeah, understood. I mean, Stephen, it's maybe this argument is one of punter versus connections because punter would say probably can't win a gold cup. Therefore, not a bet. Why not run it in the Ryanair? Yeah, look, my opinion is everyone loves the hearts. So I love the hearts and, and love seeing Bryony do well in it. But I think he's absolutely no chance of winning the gold cup. But if if he was mine, I'd still run him in the gold cup. There's still a small chance he might just stay. And I think you don't want to win a Ryanair. Nobody wants to win a Ryanair. And even if you do, you'll only be saying to yourself, well you know, what could he have done in the Gold Cup? So I think while he's while he's in form, in the form of his life, and he's after winning over three miles on the track, you have to take your chance, but I don't think he'll stay. No. Um, I mean, argument that he proved he stayed in that race, but they didn't give him the real test maybe needed at that trip. Um, I think, you know, he is only seven. They want to go for a Gold Cup go for a gold cup this probably the year they're going to do it as you say Stevens, in the form of his life as paddy says he seems to balloon the last has plenty left uh, an interesting contender i think elegant escape is going to struggle in a gold cup and perhaps that wasn't the best gold cup trial uh, we're going to see we're going to see a better one this weekend as well at the dublin racing festival uh, staying on the gold cup theme and Stephen, i come to you presenting percy came back well, backhand firing is pricked, perhaps, in that Galmoy hurdle. Yeah, it's extremely impressive. Everything he does as a horse is extremely impressive. The way he travels, um, the way he jumps, the way he really tanks into his races, and he always seems to have plenty left. Sure, he's a, like, he's a brilliant monster. Uh, the big question mark for the Gold Cup is jumping experience this year. So he's going to have one run over fences at Gore, and 
and he might just get found out in the jumping stakes. You know, if you watch back the the RSA, he, he jumped super, but he did start to get a little bit tired at the line, I thought. So an extra two furlongs and the extra bit of pace, there's still a question mark there. I know he stayed 3-5 in the handicap chase in Ireland, but this is going to be a totally different kettle of fish. So I wonder, it just it might put pressure on his jumping, um, and the jumping experience isn't there. So that would be one question mark I'd have about him. That said, I wouldn't be lowering him at fours, but I wouldn't want to be backing him at threes. Yeah, I think that's where the, the price is right on that tipping point for a horse um, like Presenter Percy. Paddy, we talked about him you know, in the run-up to the race last week, and we were saying you know, it probably didn't matter whether he won this race or not, but he did win it, and it was a strong field. So you know, he's deserving Gold Cup favourite. Yeah, and I mean, he looks like he's got a bit wiser in his old age as well. He was he was really doing the bare minimum, wasn't he? For Even going down to the last, because it was such a crowd at the last hurdles to see presenting Percy, he's took his eye off it and just got in and popped it and the whole way up the running. He was only just doing the bare minimum. And, and you, you could tell by sort of Davy Russell's body language that you know he was he was never really panicked although he, he's not going to he's not going to win by five lengths or anything he was always just doing enough and i mean look i was just happy to see the horse because i was just starting to get a little bit worried as to you know i know there was ground issues but you know the longer it went on and i mentioned that last week as well i, I just wanted to see him in the flesh and see how he was so i was delighted with him yeah yeah, and I think everyone involved was. Actually, you mentioned Davy Russell's body language afterwards. He said, uh, you know, we have the stayers hurdle as an option. <laughs> he's, he's, he's completely pulling everyone's leg. Oh, I know, yeah, he's gassing. And like I say, even in the, in the run-up to the Gordon race, you know, he'd give nothing away and, and, and just didn't actually seem that keen to talk about the horse. So he's a very hard guy to read. So, you know, that's why it was even more important that we actually seen the horse for ourselves in the flesh. Okay, and we yeah. did. So, it, you know, there's there's a bit of Gold Cup chat there. Um, there was a massive move in the Stayers Hurdle market and really all down to, you know, Paisley Park for Emma Lavelle and Aidan Coleman. Now, they've gone to want to cleave. They had the horse that we all talked up last week, Paddy, Black Op, as being perhaps a potential superstar for that division. Uh, he's gone well beat. He's got West Approach well beat. He's got, a, you know, a decent field, 12 round in that. Wasn't an uncompetitive cleave. Um, he's now top of the Stayers Hurdle market with Penn Hill, who we're not going to see until the festival. So... Um, what did you make of him? I mean, he surprised everybody again, perhaps. Or maybe we should stop being surprised. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I was surprised at the level of the performance, I'll be honest, you know, because I thought Dermo was was spot on the other day. He maybe still had a bit to prove, although his CV this season has, you know, literally been faultless. But um, I thought he could have maybe just accused the, the long walk and maybe fallen apart ever so slightly and, and been, been ever so ever so slightly diluted. Um, so he had a little bit to prove, but that's exactly what he did because, I mean, Emma Lavelle said afterwards, Dean, that, you know, that last hurdle was the first hurdle he's ever jumped in in front in his whole life. Um, and you can tell that straight away because he's done exactly what presenting Percy done. He's, he's put the handbrake on prick, and he pricked his ears literally for, for me about a furlong and a half and he still went and won by, did he win by 10 or 12 lengths in the end? Yeah, he's going to want You know, and, and that was him totally dusting. So it was a hellish performance. And I'll be honest, you know, he made some of them horses. I know they're, they're stairs and they are three milers, but he made them from, you know, going to the last and from the back of the last look pretty slow the other day. And, and that took a bit of doing. So he really has stepped up to the plate now and we've, we've, we've got to start taking him serious. Is there something out there, Stephen, that is lurking that can take on Paisley Park I mean first maybe this is a two-part question has he done enough 
to sit where he does. I mean, it's reminiscent of a big bucks, thistle crack style demolition of a staying hurdle field. And is there something lurking? Maybe oh, other than well, I was uh, something lurking. The lurking is Penhale, and you can you can still back Penhale at seven to one. Pacey Park is five to two, top price. Um, there's nothing in the race. That's the thing. And there might be something lurking. And best look, you're going to find it. But I think if you can back Penhill at sevens, Willie's eight, like he's done it twice at the track. Willie's deadly at getting them ready first time if he needs to. Uh, so I would definitely be preferring to go down the route of trusting Willie and backing Penhill at sevens, given he's done it over the course and distance at the festival. Like it might all be a big, a big ass for Paisley Park. He's a rightful favourite. There's absolutely nothing in the race. If you start going down through them, Super Sunday won today. Fahey might run, and in fairness, at 10s or 12s would be a price, but I wonder will we see Fahey again. I think if we do, it'll be Punchestown, Last Hurrah, Apple Jade won't run, Sam Crow won't run, Blackhawk won't stay, neither will Midnight Shadow. And you start going down then, and there's nothing in the race. So I think if it's coming down to a match in your head at the moment, then Penn Hill at the 6 7 to 1 mark, that's the bet at the moment for me. Yeah, I can see your angle there, all right? I mean, this is a situation where this field is going to contract from what we can see in the list right now. Uh, you could argue even Paisley's price at 5-2 to two is probably going to look quite big on the day. No doubt Penhill will go off short if he gets there fit and firing. Um, but, you know, what else is going to run? So maybe there's... Maybe there's no bad bet if you have a serious fancy for it. I think you've picked out a bit of value there with Penhill. At least we know he can go and, and do the job. Um, there was a horse in Ireland I wanted to mention to you, Stephen, Honeysuckle, who won the Solarina Mares Novices hurdle. Um, now favourite for the Cheltenham Mares Novices. Uh, really nice for, for Henry de Bromhead to have well, what looks a pretty smart mare. Yeah, I mean, Honeysuckle, she, she's unbeaten now, isn't she? I mean, we've got to look at it this way, uh, Dean. Every race, even her point-to-point, have all been against her own sex. Um, you know, so we've still got to see her take on the boys, but obviously she's not even going to go down that route at the festival. But nonetheless, has looked very, very good. I mean, even her point-to-point was a drum of hand, which, you know, is, is, the, is the Cheltenham with the point-to-point track. And even the other day, I mean, everything didn't go ideally well for her. Um, you know, because she's missed the last a little bit, didn't have the clearest of runs around, but in the end, it's still won by six lengths. I mean, I know there was only seven runners and there was bits and pieces in there, but nonetheless, um, she's a very, very good mare. And that that, that was, a, I'd say, a solid enough grade three mare's race the other day, but it was just the way she's gone and won it by six lengths, having, you know, just missed the last and, and, and sort of cost herself a good bit of momentum. But Henry de Bromhead, he, like you say, he has got a real nice one on his hands here. Yeah, yeah. And there was plenty of talk about Honeysuckle after that race. And rightly now, I think probably topping that mare's novices hurdle market. Maybe we haven't seen the winner of that race yet because, you know, there's still there's still a bit of time for something to come out and surprise us all. Um, I always think as well that, you know, Fairy House, you take form from there to Cheltenham, up that hill really does transfer very well. So I was quite excited to see how that one performed and obviously did its job very well under Rachel Blackmore. Um, I don't think there's anything else I wanted to pick out across the weekend. Remember, you are listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you uh, by gambling.com's Paddy Aspel, Stephen Cass and myself, Dean Ryan. We're going to take a look now at the Dublin Racing Festival, which is set up for Saturday and Sunday. It is pretty much a mini dress rehearsal for the Cheltenham Festival. Some superb races there. Going to start right on the first day of it, of course, that's Saturday, uh, with the Dublin chase. And 
there's been a bit of flip-flopping in these markets here. Footpad and Min look set to take each other on. Um, the latest prices I'm looking at here are six to four joint favourites. Now, Footpad was obviously installed as the original favourite, given the hype and love there is around it. Min does what Min does. And then you've got St. Calvados. Simply Ned is back to his favourite track, of course, at Leopardstown. And, uh, well, there's, there's a couple of back numbers in there, but with great CVs, like the special tiara, um, Dr. Phoenix, of course. Stephen, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, will we get Footpad v Min? Oh, well, I don't know, but I, I, I'd imagine Willie won't have a problem running the two of them. Um, I have a feeling we will get it. Certainly the betting would suggest that Min is definitely going to run. And I think you'd like to give Footpad another run or two miles to see would you maybe chance going up to Ryanair if he was beaten in this um, or see where you stand. So I think we will get it. Um, I think the flip-flopping of the betting is correct. I think the, the betting was wrong, providing the two of them are running. Min should have been favourite. I mean, I've never, ever been convinced by Footpad. People were going crazy about him last year. Even in the Arkles, that was a race that completely fell apart. Like, he beat Optimus Prime at Punchestown, a horse weight of 147. And last year at this, this festival, he beat Petit Mouchoir after Petit Mouchoir. He brought the first two yeah. home with him. So that was nothing for him. And he beat any second now in Berlin, apart from that. He fell at Nace on a seasonal debut. I don't think he's ever really beaten that. I think his run at Christmas was going to be his best ever run and still probably was. He, he ran to the late 150s um, in just getting beaten by Simply Ned. And I think that's what he is. He's a late 150s horse. Min, it, Min in a match should be 4-7, to 8-13 against Footpad if you'd Ruby Welsh riding the two of them. Like this is a horse of a second to Altior when looking like he was going to win a Queen Mother, um, that Supreme one was savage form. He's a proper late 160s horse. He's shown he's well this year, won the seasonal debut. Two miles is his trip. He's won every time he's got ran at Leopardstown, I think. And he's the rightful favourite. Uh, I think Ruby will ride him. I think he'd probably go off about evens. Footpad would be 7-4. It'd be something like that. Um, and I'd definitely be in Min's camp. Yeah. Do you know what music to my ears to hear someone finally agree with me on everything you just said about about Footpad? I think I, oh, you get, you'll have me on again. Yeah, dude. exactly. You're, you're booked. Um, <laughs> like I've been banging on about this for a long time. He's a horse that ended up with the rating that he got through hype and winning at short odds against absolute nothing fields. But that's my view. Also, Stephen Cass's view, which is interesting. I think Min is um, actually probably right now the bet of the festival, a horse that you know is going to run, the horse that you know there's a bit of money for it already, and I think a horse that should be favourite for the race. Paddy? Yeah, I'm in the min camp as well, simply because he's just got such a good record as well around Epperson. I mean, he's three from three down there. He's the highest rated in the race. Um, he's six from nine over fences. I mean, this race last year was actually a grade two, but it's a great... They've, they've, um, it's a grade one now, um, the Dublin chase. But nonetheless, the thing about here is... I know it's because we're doing this on a Wednesday, we haven't got final decks, but, you know, I don't think it's going to cut up an awful lot. But for me, we've got St. Calvados, Special Tiara. This is going to be a proper, truly run event. You know, the jumping is going to be at a premium here because like Ruby Walsh always says about Leopardstown, there just seems to be so many fences around there. And, you know, it, it, it's a long way around. Um, so jumping is going to be at a premium and that's for me where I would want to be in the min camp but I think there's going to be no hiding place here and whoever wins this it's it, you know it, it, it'll be no gimme and it'll be a proper festival trial I just want to ask you one more thing uh, on this race Paddy uh, regarding footpad I think Stephen mentioned it that perhaps this is their last dance at two miles or well, it's two mile one for this race but effectively the Ryanair would seem to suit footpad more probably 
Yeah, you'd probably said so, wouldn't you? Um, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd have to agree with Stephen there. I think at um, at Cheltenham, he's got the uh, Queen Mother Ryanair. Um, so he's got both them options there, but you'd imagine he'd be leaning towards the Ryanair, wouldn't you? Unless he goes and smashes this mm. field, which he, he, he needs to, though, wouldn't he? For me, looks unlikely. He would he need to. Him. He needs to win this, and then I think he book his place to to have a crack at Altior. There's no harm in sending Min back to have a crack at Altior because you know he's going to get at least somewhere in the vicinity. I'm not sure Footpad would do. Um, okay. The shame, the shame though, is at the start of the talk that Footpad could potentially be could potentially run the King George or be a Gold Cup horse. There was whispers, and we all knew they weren't going to do it. But it's a shame he doesn't have a Gold Cup entry because let's say he ran in this. And was flat. They could it could go up to two and a half at Gorn in a few weeks. See how he goes there. And, and it's a pity he doesn't have a Gold Cup entry. That sounds laughable. But Cyrus and John did never run beyond two miles until January of the year yeah. that he won his Gold Cup when he went for the Kinlock Bray. Yeah. So I just think it's a shame he's not in the Gold Cup to give himself that option because if Min stuffs him, he's not going to win a Queen Mother. Nobody wants to win a Ryanair. And maybe he would be a machine at the Gold Cup trip. I just they might have missed a trick not entering him. There. I'm getting the sense the Ryanair is not your favourite race at the, at the festival, Stephen. Oh, we, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now I'm still on a Ryanair, so yeah, little interesting. I understood, understood. Well, maybe then footpad long range bet for a Gold Cup tilt. He'll only be eight going into uh, <clears throat> next festival, of course, not this one. All right, let's move on from there. I think we're all on Min and uh, at six to four or thereabouts. I think he looks a little bit of value, albeit for the shorter price punters out there. Uh, the following race on the card on the Saturday is the Frank Ward Solicitors Arkle. Um, Joey was pretty complimentary about it on uh, Gamble.com. Actually, did an interview with Jessica Lamb, who was pretty complimentary about Larishberg. I think he's aware of the tasks that he might possibly face in this contest. You could have uh, knock Nanus over for Gary Moore. Uh, Mengli Khan, Gordon Elliott said, don't ride it off, although he's going to be tripping handed perhaps with the likes of Duca Dete and Hardline. Interesting that Hardline I think is the only novice entered up for every single uh, championship novice chase at Cheltenham. Uh, so they really don't know where they stand with him. They will find out of course. Um, Stephen, I come to you first on the Arkle. Uh, Larishberg, a good thing. He's short. He's 13 to 8. Definitely not a good thing, no. Like I, I, I think maybe that race at Christmas might have flattered him a little bit while he looked very good. I've never been convinced of him as an absolute two-miler for a start. And Willie's horses, there was just a question mark around them around Christmas. And I don't think, I thought Waterev was a bit flat that day. And if you take him out, he beat us and them four and a half lengths. And um, Hardline has destroyed us and them before. I think Waterev might have beaten it before. Uh, he beat Mengli Khan, who was a complete joke. I couldn't have him on my mind. So I think there's a question mark about that Christmas form. But then you start going through the rest of them. Um, not the news. Is he? He's not going to run, is he? Or if he if he is going to run, he's absolutely he's still there. But I imagine he won't come. Yeah, and, and he's a he's crazy short. Like he should be eight, a seven eight to one. Like this is this is a, a Jamie Moore ridden horse, Gary Moore horse, who hasn't wasn't a super hurdler or anything. Has one good performance in a kind of a, a weird race around Newbury. I wouldn't be getting carried away with him at all. He's a terrible price. Um, hardline, you mentioned. I definitely would come for Hardline, except for why the ref had beaten him so well previously. Uh, but I thought he was awesome at Limerick. He's really professional, jumped really well. He was a good hurdler, placing in Grade One races. But he's definitely was always going to be a chaser, and he's shown it. Love Hardline. I think if Henry can get Paloma Blue jumping, he's got such an engine on him. Even if you watch back the last day, uh, it was Real Steel that was upsides and jumping the last. Real Steel has gotten boosted the form since. But at the third last, he clattered it, absolutely clattered it. And lost three lengths and within about 10 strides was already leading by another length again. I think he's got some engine on him. 
Um, he's 10 to 1. Father Rev, I don't think, was right. He's 10 to 1. If he comes back and Hardline's around 10 to 1, you, you could dutch all of those and you're getting around 5 to 2. And I think you'll find the winner in amongst them. Uh, I just don't know which one. Um, I'd probably take a chance that Henry can get Paloma Blue jumping. Like Paloma Blue was beaten in his maiden hurdle last year and progressed well and placed at this festival uh, behind Sam Crow. I just think maybe he's a horse that takes a bit of uh, warming up as the season goes on. And I thought he was fierce impressive engine-wise the last day. Fair enough, he made a couple of bad mistakes, but he jumped well at the end of the race when the pressure was on. Uh, so I'd probably, if he, as a selection, I'd like Paloma Blue uh, at the prices, I think you have to take a Reachburg on at the prices, but wouldn't put you off a hard line or water rev or any of those ones floating around the ten to one mark. Well, you described it very well. It's a it's it's a very intriguing contest, Paddy. What do you make of uh, the Fav, and would you be taking him on as well? Uh, I'm I'm struggling at the minute, to be honest. I think he's really got his act together. He, he's going to make a much better chaser what he did a hurdler um i mean he was a one four five hurdler but i mean already he's gotten to one five four over fences and he's only had the four runs he's three from four over fences you know he's a six-year-old um you know good course record um you know he's just very very appealing uh, looks to be going the right way um i wonder the horse down at the bottom um winter escape i wonder would he turn up i'd say he'd go for the two mile five race i would guess yeah, I've seen he had another entry yeah, there. The um, but for me, I think the horse you mentioned, the Gary Moore horse, I think if he turns up, I don't think he'll jump round. Um, uh, yeah, I really think he's very limited with his jumping ability. He's he, he's he's just, he's all or nothing, very hit and miss. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the lads do turn up because, you know, he's been kicking around Plumpton and places like that. Uh, he's. I just think he's got a real howler in him. Um, so Larishberg, I think, is pretty rock solid. Uh, we'll find out an awful lot about him, obviously, at the weekend. But for me, I think he is shaping already as if he's going to make a top, top chaser. Yeah, and part of what will be a very strong battalion of runners at the well, Dublin Racing Festival first, but then the Cheltenham Festival, of course, for for Joey O'Brien. Um, the Richburg, yeah, I, I think he deserves to be favourite for sure. I do like Stephen Zango on Paloma Blue. He's a horse that definitely goes very, very well at Leopardstown. That run behind Sam Crow last year, it was almost like the only one that could get involved, although Sam Crow came in swinging. Um, I think he's a nice price around 9-1. to one. I'd be pretty much against most of the others. I do have a soft spot for Mengli Khan, I have to say, but he's more likely to, to run to the car park than he is to run to the line, so we don't know what we're going to get with him. Um, yeah, a really nice contest, and I think we'll move on from it because also on the card on the Saturday is the BHP Insurance Irish Champion Hurdle. Um, Paddy, I'm going to start with you because you know you were waxing lyrical in our Champion Hurdle uh, preview last week about Apples Jade and that they should they should have a crack at the big one at the festival. If Apples Jade goes and beats what is a six-strong field here in Super Sunday, Mellon, Petty Mouchoir, Farclar, Tombstone, I don't know if it really makes a decision any easier, does it? No, and look, to be honest, really, if you, if you look through it now, Dean, for me, it's a pretty poor uh, grade one champion hurdle um, because if Apple's Jade, who has been, you know, so impressive, stepped up to three mile of late, that they're happy to go back to two mile. I mean, Apple's Jade hasn't ran over two miles since the, the fight in fifth three years ago. Um it got, beat by, yeah, it got beat by Irving. So that's the last time we've seen her at the minimum trip. But you know, they've seen how weak this this champion hurdle is this year, and they're still they're still gonna go there favourite and happy to run. I mean, look, 
top and bottom of it is she's going to ha- have a hard race no matter what, uh, dropping back down to this sort of trip. But the sort of zest she has been going with this this year or this season, should I say, is is, is unreal. Um, I mean, I won't say there'll be no contest she's been going in, but I mean, on her, her last three starts, Dean, I mean, she's won by a combined 57 lengths. You know, you just couldn't help by being impressed. And, and, and like I say, I've, I've, I've just been going by the expression on Jack Kennedy's face. You know, he's got a real kick out riding the mare now this season. And she really has been in fine fettle. And I think as far as grade grade one goes, you won't get a much softer one than what she's going to get because, I, you know, I can't have Mellon. Um, you know, it's one race up at Down Royal. Um, you know, he's always been a bit of an early horse, but apple shade. You know, it ticks all the boxes, and and I think she'll take an awful lot of beat, and even back to the minimum on on Saturday. Yeah, the market agrees. Um, Stephen, I'm fascinated to know what you think of Apple's Jade and this dilemma. You know, public outcry to go for a champion hurdle. Um, they're kind of exceeding to that a little bit by running in this, but Super Sunday, you know, it's been found out at that level. Um, probably, you know, the medium trip in between two and three is ideal. Melon. As Paddy said, only won the one race um, at Down Royal, and you're going back to when it beat Cocky Man. That's back in November of 2017. But yeah, maybe we're writing off a little bit. It's only a neck behind Bouvardier in the in the big one itself. Go on, give me your thoughts. Uh, I just think it's a disappointing race. You know, I'd love to see a novice from like good novice from last year coming through. Like what's what's happened to Sam Crow has been a shame. I'd love to have seen Espar Delane running here. I just I think he's yeah. an absolute machine, and I think he would have won if he ran here. Um, I think. Paddy touching it there with Super Sunday and the trip. Rain is going to be important there, and it's something we actually haven't touched on. It there's ten to twenty mils forecast Thursday, Friday, and the ground is currently let's say good. If they get twenty mils plus, you could be looking at the soft side. You know, it could be good to soft, soft in places. But if they get ten mils, it'll just be yielding. You know, maybe even good to yielding. So. It depends on the rain. If it goes soft, I think Super Sunday has a chance. He, he, you know, two miles off ground, Leopardstown, um, with the the hill at the finish. It's 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 you know two and a half of the trip, but that's a fairly test in two miles. I think he'll give her a race. She does jump right. She's like she's a great mare. She's won eight or nine grade ones or whatever it is. But it, you know, she's never really quite convinced me. And she is she can be a little in and out. And I'm always skeptical of mares anyway that they can throw in a stinker the odd day which she definitely has done in the past. So I'd be looking for something to take her on. But I, I do think she'll still beat Super Sunday over two. And I think Mellon is a Cheltenham horse. I think he, he loves Cheltenham. He loves the fast pace. He doesn't seem to, to give his best at Leopardstown. And there's just nothing else in the race. It's, it's, it's a disappointing grade one. Um, I think she'll win and she would have absolutely no chance in a champion hurdle. Jumping right, she's not fast enough. Um, she'd be out in her head and she'd be out with the washing, to be honest. I'm with you. I, I, I completely agree about Apple's Jade's champion hurdle prospects being reasonably non-existent. But Paddy is convinced that what he's seen this year and the way Jack Kennedy's reacted to her performances this year, that you know maybe she's she's actually ready for that. But you know, time will tell. I don't think we're going to get to see her in a champion hurdle. But if she goes and wins this by twenty lengths, they might have a they might let's say have a rethink. And um, we'll move on to. Sunday, shall we? Because I wanted to look at the Spring Juvenile. Always a great pointer for the Cheltenham Festival, of course, and a fascinating race in its own right. Um, we don't have a lot of form to go on here. It's the 115 on Sunday at the, the Island Spring Juvenile Hurdle. Sir Eric, of course, ex-Aiden O'Brien, now Joseph looking after the hurdle career. Um, very impressive on the 
One start we saw at Leperstown just getting the better of Tiger Tap Tap, but you got the impression there was plenty more in the tank and the market seems to think that this time. Tiger Tap Tap's pretty well regarded actually by the Richies and Willie Mullins. And then we've seen plenty, of course, of Liam Gardens of Babylon, Chief Justice, as plenty of Chief Justice, absolutely. I thought Surin might be interesting here, Stephen, but I'll throw it to you. What do you think of the favourite first? Um, I think if you were to just look at them, the run the last day, he looks an absolute dour stayer. You know, he looks a real grinder. And coming in here in the back of a maiden, to be, if you were told he's the, the six to four favourite, you'd, you'd say you'd want your head checked going into a grade one. But it's it's coming from these connections, you know, and they seem so bullish about him. And the fact they had Fakir Duderi's go and win so convincingly at Cheltenham on Saturday, I think at home the vibes are getting is that they think this guy is, is streets ahead of Fakir Duderi's. So yeah. in, in that respect, you'd be brave to take him on. I just, I thought his head was up in the air a little bit the last day. Now he grounded out very well, but it was only a maiden. And, you know, Tiger Tap Tap looks a bit, little bit leery to me. Maybe it's just that big white blaze or something, but I wouldn't be getting carried away. I'd, I'd try to find something to beat him. Um, the one that I, I came down on uh, was Band of Outlaws, who was a proper 90 horse on the flat. He had two runs on, on a heavy ground, uh, jumped bad the first day, finished third. But then he went to Limerick and he absolutely bolted up. And, and was very good. That was heavy ground. His winning on the flat was done in good to firm. So I think he could really improve for good ground. But I'm not sure he's going to run. You know, Joseph might run him against Sir Eric. And he could be a Fred Winter horse. Um, I texted Kevin Blake last night. And Kevin said he probably isn't going to run. Now, Joseph's not afraid to run him. If he does run Band of Outlaws, I'd definitely be having a few quid on him at 20s. Uh, beyond that, I just don't know what to make of the form with, with, with Gardens of Babylon. As Surin... Um, was running against uh, what was the other horse? Soren. They were beating each other. That was Gardens of Babylon. Gardens of Babylon, yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah, and I just don't know what to make of the form. I know that I know that they beat the Christmas uh, juvenile hurdle horses in that race, but neither look world beaters. Uh, I thought the Christmas hurdle is still probably the best trial one. Now Rocky Blue isn't going for this, but uh, Course Sublime was definitely going to give Rocky Blue a race and was going very well when he fell. So I'd probably chance him at six to one, but I wouldn't have a really strong opinion on a bet. I just I'd like to back that form at Christmas because it generally is the best trial. I'd like to take Sir Eric yeah. on, so I'm kind of coming down on course sublime without being very strong on a bet. Yeah, it means a very sensible way to attack this race when you've got a maiden winner in so short for a Grade One uh, straight out the bat. So I understand that point, Paddy. What do you make of these juveniles so far? Is there a standout, or do we need to see this race to find the standout? Um. Yeah, I think we could. This could be a real pointer for us. This race, um, I think, I would have to agree with Stephen. Course sublime for me. Uh, he was really arriving on the scene with a big, big chance the last day when he tipped up in a horrid old fall at the last. Um, you know, he's been beat by Chief Justice in the past, but he only went down by the narrowest of margins. And I think he's probably would have liked a, a lead a bit further up the track that day at Fairy House. And Chief Justice, with that bit more experience, just came and mugged him. Um, but I think he's a fair juvenile, course sublime. Um, I remember seeing the Sir Eric and Tiger Tap Tap race. Do you know what? After watching that race, I thought, that's the sort of race now that will throw up a hat full of winners. It hasn't thrown up one winner, you know. The form of the race has worked out quite disappointing, uh, mm-hmm. even, even as far as placed horses go, um, which for me, I thought was, it was, was surprising. But Tiger Tap Tap, I thought, came there to win the race, and I thought, could have won the race. Um I thought on the day, although Sir Eric has got a funny old head carriage, he wanted it a little bit more. Um, 
So I don't know. That maybe just question his attitude a little bit. I do think he's a better horse, the Mullins horse, Tiger Tap Tap. Um, but I really love these Camelot four-year-olds, and you know, Joseph Bryan, Obviously, God, he he he, he, know, he knows them so well. He knows what they're about. Um, they're much better four-year-olds than 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 three-year-olds. Um, I think he's a fair horse. Whether he's going to be sort of good enough for Cheltenham, we'd have to wait and see. But I'm probably going to go back to my first mentioned and hope that he can he can get some due rewards here with Gordon Elliott's course of line. Yeah, that's two shouts for that one. And what looks perhaps a bit of value right now around the six to one mark. I, mean, I mentioned Surin. No one really picked me up on it. I, th- I think I think there's a little touch of class about Gordon Elliott's horse there, Surin. And hopefully um, we'll see a little bit more from it, especially while this ground remains as it is. I think if the rain comes, I'm not too sure it's going to suit. looks a bit of a... You don't see many fillies, Dean, in this division. Obviously, there was Apple's Jade a few years ago. But it's just, it's tough for fillies, I, I, I would have thought. Um, I'd wonder what Paddy thinks of that as, as, as a horseman. Like if, I find four-year-old fillies are very hard to get a handle on. Soren looked a bit slow to me now the last day. I thought the two of them were just grinding it and they'd be done for a toe in a good race like this. But I wonder what Paddy think about a filly and against these kind of horses. Does it make a big difference? It's funny, you know, because she's she's came a funny old route, hasn't she? Because she was with uh, the Hoffer stable in Germany. She would have a bumper at market raising. So maybe sort of like the French types, maybe she sort of started her, her, her life a bit earlier than, than sort of horses this side of the water. Um, or your side of the water, should I say? And I mean, has done nothing wrong over hurdles. Was be half a length the first day, um, and and reversed the form with with uh, Gardens of Babylon the next day at at Fairy House. So, I mean, look, I wouldn't put you off for it all, uh, you know. But I think whether whether this is a big ask for a filly, I just don't know. They 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 would have to probably be proper above average. Yeah. What I liked about her was this little change of pace that she has. Now, that you don't see that. I mean, obviously, they're, they're kind of flat-ass juveniles. This is an authorised filly. So there's plenty. I think there's plenty of toe in there. While the ground, if the ground stays as it is, which looks like it's going to be no worse than good, good yielding, um, if that rain doesn't come, I think the 12 to 1 might be a little bit of each way value. Where in a race where, you know, somebody's a lot of struggling for experience. This one's gone and done. You know, two reasonably tough races already against uh, good yardstick and guards of Babylon. I think she's better than that one. Um, and also the bumper's going to stand her in good stead. So look, an interesting shout. We will see whether Sir Eric is um, the the leading juvenile of the Joey O'Brien's. That certainly looks that way. Um, a really nice race. That's the spring juvenile. Whatever wins that's going to be shooting to the top of the the markets at the Cheltenham Festival, of course. Should we move on to the uh, Chanel Farmer Novice Hurdle? Grade one, of course. Um Talking horse for this, of course, off the back of a really nice performance at Punchestown that was visioned on air. Now in his favourite, I'm not sure it started in anywhere near that level. Uh, if you even go back sort of ten days or so, um, there was money for it after that win at Punchestown. Then you've got Willie Mullins. I'm sure he's going to run both of Classical Dream and Aramon. Certainly looked like Classical Dream would have been the main fancy. Now I'm not sure. Aramon for the Supreme Racing Club. Those three had the market. And by some way, because it's 7-2 to and then 8-1 to one bar, those um, Felix DeJazy was talked about by Gordon Elliott at the start of the season as being one of his better types. So we've got an interesting race here. Grade one, if Vision Deneur wins and uh, does it well, Gordon Elliott's got another one to aim at the big race at Cheltenham. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to you. Yeah, Vision Deneur is the one, I think. If there's going to be a superstar in the race, I thought he was fierce and impressive the last day. Um, really took the eyes out of your head. I, I like him. I like him a lot. But Armand's the one with the professional form. 
Um, he's done it, but I, I just get the feeling like he's rated one forty six. I'd say that's around where he is. You know, if you if you want to win a supreme, you have to be uh, a one, you know, more of a one fifty five horse. And if there's going to be a supreme winner in here, I don't think it's classically dream. I, I thought he was grand the last day, but it wasn't much of a race. In fact, the horse that that finished second to him uh, in two cat or in two cast, however you'd say that, uh, I chance him at twenty five to one to improve past him before I chance classical dream at threes. I think the difference in the price is there. If he ran, he'd be interesting. Um, but I can't really get a handle on this race. I think it's a superstar in there. It's Vision Donor, but Aramon has the form. Uh, I think Vision Donor will be popular, will be favoured. So maybe if Aramon drifts on the day and you get four to one or nine to two, um, maybe an each way bet on him. But it's, it, it's not a race I can get a handle on, to be honest. Yeah. I'd be with you. I think Aramon is the the steady Eddie of this field. Obviously got plenty of decent form. Vision on there could be a little bit special. And the money seems to suggest they're doing all the right things as well, Paddy. Yeah, I mean, the horse Vision Donair, he actually finished behind. Um, he finished behind uh, Aramon. Yeah. Uh, and he finished behind Classical Dream as well when, when Classical Dream beat Intuka. Um, he finished fourth there, but I mean that performance of Aramon, the way he he went from the back of the last the last time. I mean, I'd say you look at Ruby there, even sort of fifty yards in the line. I'd say he couldn't believe it when he just had a quick peep to see how how his horse had quickened so much and the sort of distance he'd put back to the second. Um, it was a hell of a good performance, and I mean for me, I just I just couldn't get away from that one. Um, I would have to agree, ratings-wise, he's probably still a little bit short of of, of the, the the level that's required to go and win at the festival. Um, but nonetheless, for me, I, I'm just struggling to look past him at the minute. And when we done the podcast last week, we were still questioning how many runners Willie was having. But you know, he's turned a few more out just of uh, since then, and 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 they seem to be what we've seen of them, um, not not doing too bad. Yeah, of course. I mean, he landed a Thiestes there, even though his mob handed with, with a really nice type in invitation only. He's got some. He's got his horses, it seems, after a little quiet spell, maybe back on their metal. And that's really important coming into the Dublin Racing Festival, of course. Um, I'm really interested to see how Vision Donair goes. I think if that one doesn't win, there might not be anything too, too special in that uh, Chanel Farmer Novice Hurdle, which is the grade one at 150. If we move on to the three o'clock on Sunday at Lepstown, that's the Flogus Novice Chase, another grade one here. Um, probably the outstanding novice of the season. And I would suggest both sides of the water so far uh, in professionalism, where it jumps, where it travels, you know, future is ahead of it. Delta work. Uh, Stephen, have you been impressed? Oh, very impressed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought the day in the Drinmore he was awesome given that Davey um, lost his irons and I just thought he showed such an engine from the back of the last to beat Le Richburg that day. Um, the step up and trip obviously suited him. It, 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 like He didn't look like he was going to be impressive. It was a mortal was second at Christmas over three miles and he just, from the back of the last, he just stayed and stayed and stayed. I'd be very worried about him dropping back in trip only for he won the Drinmore over two and a half. So yeah. I think the two mile five at Leopardstown just be about as much as he'll get away with it. Um, he would want the rain that's coming. Gordon said the last day that he wouldn't want it any softer than good to yielding. Uh, so he might, you know, he could just be done for a bit of tow by winter escape over 2-5 if we don't get the bit of rain. But that said, I think 7-4 about him now. He's the right favourite. And 7-4 is generous enough because it looks like a three-horse race to me. It looks like it's between Delta Work, Winter Escape and La Bagua. And to be honest, uh, Le Bagua, I don't think that 
dropping down a trip is going to be a hard thing and it's just hard to come over here and play with the big boys like you're you're, you're jumping into to 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 Willie and Gordon Elliott's garden here and it's it's worth a few pounds and she'd have to be an absolute superstar to be dealt to work and in all likelihood she isn't a superstar she's a very 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 good mare but dealt to work could be a superstar and he'd be the one outside with at seven to four uh, winter escape I'd consider him if he was seven or eight to one but he's not he's kind of four or five to one to give a stone to uh, a Plutars was a fair run now at the last day. I thought he was awesome at Galway as well. But it, it just nagged me, like, what, what's the story with this horse? You know, he, he was with Alan King. JP doesn't move horses. Aidan Anthony Howard isn't a superstar trainer. And people will always say, oh, well, if he was in Willie's yard, he'd be half the price. There's a reason for that. It's because Willie and Gordon win all the great ones. And if they don't win it, Henry or Jesse win it. So that should be factored into the price. And I think he's actually quite short at around the four to one mark, um, Delta work. I just think he'll he'll do enough, and you actually might get a bit of a price in running on him because he, he he does do it off the bridle a bit when they're turning for home. But he man does he find, and I just think the hill, if they get a bit of rain, he's 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 bordering a certainty. Seven to four is a fair price. Yeah, yeah. I I would kind of be on your side. I I wonder whether you know Delta work might not lead at the last, but I'd imagine he'd be leading at the line. Paddy, what have you made of of the, well? Let's take those top three: Delta work, Le Bagarois, and uh, Winter Escape. Yeah, well, I mentioned Winter Escape earlier, and I mean, if that one was going to turn up, I, I just think it just never happened at Alan King's. I mean, you look down through the form, and the and the bulk of it is pretty average. But I mean, this horse he showed some real glimmers. I mean, he was only beating a couple of lengths in a county hurdle. Um, even at the time when, you know, he was really struggling a little bit. Um, but whatever they've tweaked or done, you know, over fences, he really does look to be on the improve and going from strength to strength. Um, and he's already got a mark of 150. And I mean, I'm just really, really intrigued to see, well, I'm hoping he's going to line up with this on, on, on Saturday, but just to see where they're going with him, because I think market-wise, because of where he's trained at or who he's trained by, there should be a little bit more value there. Um, you know, and but it's I think not there, is it? I think it's, it's well there. found now for us. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's because, you know, your shrewdies are sort of says, well, look, it doesn't matter what name is next to this horse's, um, the, the, whose name is next to this horse. He, he is, he is the real deal and he's on the improve. So maybe that's why he's the price he is. Um, but, you know, I'm struggling to pick holes in his form just now but I mean look it's going to be put right up to him um, here on Saturday because Delta Work is obviously faultless 3-3 three three yeah. over fences Le Bag- Le Bagua, um, I mean Warren Grachix has said that you know they're definitely going to run uh, but it's hugely he- enterprising isn't it to come and take on as Stephen said take on uh, the big guns in their own garden yeah, and, and you know, the, they're the exact words he used as well. So he said it's going to be a tough test, but you know, it was good prize money, and and the owners were were an enthusiastic bunch, and they were happy to go. But you know, it's 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 a mare taking on the boys, and I mean, she is starting. She's shaping into a much better chaser than what she was a hurdler, and she has shown a real good attitude, and 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 connections have done very well. But um, it, it is a big ass nonetheless, can. And I, I would be happier to be with Winter Escape to continue this progression. Okay. Okay. Interesting contest. Delta Works, seven to four. If it, the race was being run in 10 minutes' time, that's where I'd be going, I think. Um, those other two, though, La Bagawa and Winter Escape, may well be a slightly bigger price on the day if you wanted to get involved. 
Yeah, on the day now, on the exchange, Winter escaped. Like, obviously, there was a lot made of the fact he was 21 or whatever on the exchange, or 23, whatever his price was. He could be eights or nines on the exchange, and people would go, oh, the the green and gold hoops, eights or nines, this horse could be going for whatever handicap to them. I don't think that'll be it. I think there's going to be a lot of strength behind Delta Work. And I think if you back Delta Work now at seven to four, uh, I think you can put a line through the bag of wash. You'll have to be a superstar, and then you could maybe have a few quid on Winter Escape on the day. I have a feeling you'd get seven to one plus on the exchange, and maybe that could be a way of doing yeah, maybe your getting involved. Then race. I mean, there is fourteen still uh, lined up for that race. I can see that being hopefully the eight, which would be the magic number. Um, let's go over to well, what is the feature? The Unibet Irish Gold Cup, of course, the three thirty-five Levistown on Sunday. Um, it is a mini gold cup, but I think I've called it the mini gold cup of who's who of pretenders because you've got the likes of these horses in Bells Hill, Monalee, Road to Respect, Album Photo, Kenboy. All of them perhaps need one more step to be proper gold cup horses but maybe i'm being a little bit harsh uh paddy out of those if you had to pick one now to win a cheltenham gold cup go ahead but also what do you think is going to happen on sunday well i mean this is a this is a race that willie mullins has absolutely farmed hasn't he um he's he, i think i counted up earlier he's won it nine times very very strong hand and you read ruby walsh's article there he's he's really sort of challenged us to to um what he's going to ride i mean album photo although it's only tremor form and and he beat stable made total recall that day i thought you know track didn't suit but still nonetheless he was very impressive um and he would have to improve on that but i think he certainly will uh, the others I know down there obviously wrote to respect we all seen that you know he went that he went into people's notebooks as, as not having much luck around Leperstown the last day and still finished off for quite, sure sorry yeah for sure absolutely I mean a torrid run still to get as close as he did to Kenboy who got everything in his favour was was a massive run he did yeah I mean look the way I, the way I see it is I think at the time he did what he did during the race because he was flat to the boards um, but nonetheless, he still had to go and get himself back into the race, he, and he did. Um, I 100% agree with Paddy there. He was when when he made that stumble. If you look in front, there was five. There's about five of them travelling better than him in front. Belsil, Kenboy, Monley were there. I think Annabelle Fly was even tanking in front of him. He was flat to the mat off the bridle, so the stumble might have even been a function. Obviously, he put his foot in a hole or something, but he was. Like he was one of the first you would have put a line through. So all this talk of being an unlucky loser, yes, it's there, but I'm not sure it affected his momentum that much. Uh, and he did look beaten that day. So I think people have overplayed what happened. And he's a fairly short price favorite on the back. Of the yeah. Sorry, Paddy, I could have crossed you there, but I, I, I just, I just agree in which that I think he was flat to the man. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, you know, Sean Flanagan, he, he, he was hostage. He had to keep being positive and and to keep his horse in the race, and he's fired him, and and he sort of half pitched at the back of it. But I think Stephen's dead right. He didn't actually lose an awful lot of momentum because Sean kept the revs up and he kept them running. And, you know, with all the old horse does is stay now. And he, he did, he finished off, but I don't think he is massively great value compared to some of the opposition because although people said that uh, on the day that, that um, Davey, David Mullins was, was fantastic on Kenboy, the top yeah. of it is, he parked him out wide to, you know, to just go for a clear passage, but he just wouldn't drop the bridle. 
Um, you know, if you watch the race back, and I've watched it a few times now, he just wouldn't drop it, wouldn't drop it. But, you know, the way he let him get to the front there at the best part of the track because he let him do it just going past the winning post so straight away he's running downhill he literally barely sort of used any more momentum than from where he was um you know i know willie said he was he was he was fierce worried at the time when he when he see him made the maneuver but for me he used absolutely zero petrol in in doing what he did um obviously look he well, no more jockeys do it then, because when I saw it, I said, I've never seen a move like that in a race. You never see something come from last to first in a three-mile chase, uh, going around the wide outside <laughs> like Gio Ponte did in the Dubai World Cup. It was amazing. I thought it was an incredible move. Never seen anything like it. So if that's the case, a lot more jockeys, if a horse is pulling for his head out the back, what are more? I, I know it's true. And uh, I mean, I, I suppose it just sort of shows maybe the measure of the man, Willie Mullins, in that, you know, Davey knew, well, look, I know my horse well enough that if I do this and, and and it doesn't work out, because we all know intuition is great when it comes off, but when it doesn't, you're the biggest clown going. But, you know, Davey obviously knew that he would have had uh, free reign from Willie. Um, look, I know it's, 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 it's easy said when, when it works out well, but he knows the horse so well. And they were literally, for such a competitive race... You know, although they were stacked up on the top of each other, they were just looking at each other. You get that sometimes in races where you think, oh, it's going to be a, a well-run race, whereas they all line up to jump out. But out of the 10 horses that are lining up on the tape, maybe only one of them wants to make the run and the rest of them want to sit second. So therefore, it, it's it's just a moderately run race. But I thought Kenboy, he just wouldn't give Davy any peace that day. So he just, he, he didn't just drop his hands and let him bowl. He just done it so gradually and you know the, the, the horse hadn't even he, he didn't even have to move up up a year to do what he did and I mean look he was very strong to the line um you know and it, there was a good distance back to the second and you know he's a good Clonmel Isle chase winner he's no back number this horse and you know it, it's absolutely red hot race this is the one I'm, I'm really really looking forward to yeah, I think just to touch on sorry, just to touch on what 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 Paddy said there about it being the measure of the man with Willie Mullins. Like I thought that that ride from Dave Mullins was the best ride I've ever ever seen. But Willie Willie could wasn't ever going to lose the head of him. That's why I felt. I think Paddy's one hundred percent right. And if you look at our own photos in this race as well, like I thought when Al, when Townend did what he did at Punchstown, that photo that genuinely his job could be under threat because it looked like having cost. That was the Wednesday, I think, Punchstown. Yeah. That looked like it was going to cost Willie the actual championship. And Willie just held himself with such class. It really was the measure of the man. Paddy's right. Like, Willie's just an absolute champ. Uh, and the way that the jockeys have such confidence to make, make moves in races, I just think it really is a measure of the man. I just think it was a good point Paddy made there because it's, it's not really said much. Yeah. But I think that Kenboy performance was unbelievable. And the way he, he pulled for his head and still managed off the back of the last absolutely scoot clear of them. I thought it was fairly incredible, and he's 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 four. He's won his last four, and uh, he's improving all the time. But I I just get the feeling here that that album photo is going is going to be the number one from the yard. So Kemba might even be your number one. So while while I thought he was very impressive, I'm not sure I want to be backing him at five to one. Yeah, I'm fascinated by Kemba. I've been a massive fan of him for a long time, and. You know, we, we say that maybe he was lucky that David Mullins was so secure in being able to do whatever he wanted on the horse to get that performance out of the horse last day. You have to remember he went and and pretty much dealt with Alpha Desobo, who 
I know he's been around for a long time, but he dealt with him so well at Clonmel. And he was getting three pounds that day as well, though, Dean. Like, if yeah, you look at his album on the line through Invitation Only and through Album 4, though, Album 4 would have been about 22 lengths, giving him eight pounds. Yeah, I think Alfred Zobo, though, is one of these horses that when he runs big, runs big. Um, yeah. And he can run flat. So... I thought that was impressive. I knew, I know it was his seasonal return as well, so there's plenty more to come. He didn't surprise me at all at Leopardstown, Kenboy. And if they, if you're looking at these horses, where you've got that one and Album Photo, I think who are seriously on the rise. We've got Road to Respect at a level that is very high anyway. So if either of those two come out and put Road to Respect in his place, and Road to Respect gets to run the race that we all know he can run, then I think you've got a very live Gold Cup contender. Do we? Do we do a, a you know a disservice to some of the other horses in here by not giving him a big shout out in terms of Bells Hill, Molly Lee? I'm not sure he's ever going to be the top tier of a proper staying chaser. We pick up the races at slightly below that trip. Uh, Annabelle flies run big in a Gold Cup. Stephen, is there anything else that you wanted to to pick up from the race? Uh, no, I have Molly, but he's a Ryan Earhart. So he's a two and a half mile horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't think he quite sees out the trip, and I don't think he saw it out in the RSA. And I think that's why, if you're taking on presenting Percy, he could have been slightly flattered. If you go back to that RSA, uh, I know I, I probably indicate, and I do fancy Album Photo here, but if you go back to that RSA, everyone thinks Album Photo was eight lengths down when he fell and was off the bridle. Ruby had only just started to ask him, and uh, presenting Percy nicked about two lengths off him. Ruby said, Right, I'm going to go round the outside here so he corrected him and that's all he did he did this in a matter of about seven or eight strides so ruby was only just starting to ask him everything they say about this horse is he's, he's a grinder and he's going to get better for staying and staying he wasn't beaten in that rsa i think he definitely would have been second and i'd love to have seen him stood up because watch it back he was only just starting to come off the bridle yes presenting percy nick two lengths on him but that's not to say he would have bounded away from him even though he's very impressive he then went to fairy house and won over two and a half showing speed he then went to punchstown and definitely would have won only for a town and uh, made the boo-boo um and then he came out and the tremor run whatever you think about tremor that was the best race ever ran at tremor total recall was coming with the run i think to to go close uh, at thurless the last day in the to a per me race he, he gave him seven pounds and a beaten he gave three pounds to invitation only and beat him 22 lengths um, invitation only there was a bit of money from that day like he, he wasn't he wasn't it wasn't like it was a pipe opener for the testers necessarily and it, and he gave three pounds and 25 lengths to Alfred Azobo uh, everything they say about the horse is he wants four miles five miles so I think the further he goes the better he's going to be um, I've so he's pricing up now I think Ruby's going to ride album photo mainly because I think as well they want to keep David on Kenboy uh, so Townend will ride Bells Hill you'd imagine um, yeah. And I just think the public is going to get behind Album Photo. I think if you go through his form, his novice chase form is the best in the race. I think he arguably has the best form in the race. I just really fancy him. So if you're getting that in four or five to one, I think that's very fair. Um, the outside is, yeah, like Ed Wolf won it last year. I, I, I hoped the, st the storyteller might progress this year, but he hasn't really. And I just think, I think it comes down to Album Photo and Kemboy. Uh, I think Road to Respect is two in and out and was beaten the last day. I think Bells Hill does need to go right. I don't think Marley will stay. So I'm kind of, it's which of Willie's you want to go for, but I'm, I'm just a big Album Photo fan. So so he's really doing okay. my, my few quids going. 
they're, they're my two for the race for sure. And I'm a big Ken Boy fan. So we settled that one between us. Uh, Paddy, a final selection for the Irish Golf Cup. Yeah, I'd be with <clears throat> Ken Boy because, I mean, I know obviously there was slight worry about the trip um, the last day at, at Leperstown. But, I mean, this is a horse who'd won over three mile round Limerick in heavy ground. And I'd say I, I, I'd say you wouldn't get much heavier ground in Ireland than what you'd get around Limerick. So, you know, I don't think there's there's stamina issues with this horse. Um Obviously, they they wouldn't let him off on the front end on Saturday like they did the last day. But um, no, I, I'm I'm going to stick with Ken. But I think Album Photo, he's been a very unlucky horse. You read back through his form, he really has been very unlucky. Now, the one thing I thought he did at Tremor, I mean, for 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 you know, you'd say Tremor is is is, is a bit of a gaff track, and for a horse who, who who probably looks like he would stay a trip. Just the way he travelled round, um, you know, he got to the front and 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 you know, Ruby was he he, he hadn't even got out of third gear. Uh, real good performance that day, and like Stephen said, you know, he, he beat some some pretty decent performances, giving away weight, and I beat them a good way. So you know that, that uh, on his day, and with a bit more luck and running this horse, he is a fair bit of kit. But um, but I'm going to stick with Ken Boy for now. Yeah. I think uh, there's two votes for Ken Boy, one for Album Photo. No real love for Road to Respect, but you know he's proved people wrong before. It's a cracking race. I think the rest of them keep all these ones at the top. Very honest. If you want to keep an eye out, Dean, for those, you know those markets you get to win today and win the Gold Cup. So you know you might be getting 33 for an Album Photo and that kind of a market. Something like maybe not quite that, maybe 25s or 33s. But if you fancy one, Ken Boy, I think you'd certainly be getting close on you might get 50 so you know it could be a good fun way of having a fiver as well that type of mark yeah I, I'm already excited by you offering me 50 to 1 for Ken Boy to win this in the Gold Cup Stephen is that it <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll sort that out off air, all right. Um, okay, so we've been through the Dublin Racing Festival um, covering many, many of the top uh, races and contenders. I do want to nap from you both for the two days um, across those cards before we take a very, very quick look at what's to come at the UK. So a Dublin Racing Festival nap. And uh, Paddy, I'll go to you first. Out of everything we discussed, if you had to have one punt, where's it going? I'm going to go with Aramon in the farm in Novice Hurdle. Um just so okay. so impressed with with his turn of foot in the back of the last um, over Christmas. Uh, I, I just thought he really looked the real deal, and um, so Aramon for me, Dean. Aramon for Paddy in the Chanel Farmer novices. Um, Stephen, are we going to do handicaps now? Can I get my nap in a handicap, or we wait till later? Absolutely. No, absolutely you can. And like with, with going through the handicaps, because unless you've got any specific fancies, I'm not going to try and reel yeah, off yeah. the top of those fields. So, yeah. So if you've got something in there, fire. Yeah, like I think about the horses, like you can tell I'm keen on album photos. He'd be my, my nap of, of those. But yeah, if we're, if we're moving on to the handicaps as we go, um, I, I have two to mention the handicaps. Uh, the first one is, uh, and what would be my nap, just you know, taking a swing in a way, like I don't, I don't think he's a certainty or anything, but I think 16 to 1 is a massive price. I want Lake Takapuna in the Matson Handicap Chase. That's the 235 on Saturday. So he, this is a heart that likes Leperstown and has won over this course and distance, two mile one um, handicap chase. And back at Christmas 2016, he won a handicap off 121 or 122. He's off 128 today, but he was with Jim Cullery, then Robbie Mack, and he was first run for DK at Christmas in Handicap Hurdle here. Now, he was running up 110 yeah. that day. He's won 8, 128 over fences. 
So you could say, look, he was thrown in, but he was punted like there was no tomorrow. He was nine to one. Cost me a couple yeah, of quid. Yeah, look, I really fancied <laughs> him as well. I backed him. I, he might have been 10 or 11 to one the night before. I got nine to one. He went into yeah. 11 to four, tanked through the race. Looked all ends up he was going to win. Now, he did beat the third about eight lengths that day, and he just bumped into one. Like the church gate won that race. Yeah. But I think this horse is in the prime of his life, and DK is a trainer upgrade from Jim Quality. Um, and he is a trainer upgrade from Robin McNamara. So I think if DK, and he'd love to have a winner this weekend. So if DK can get him right, I think this horse is flying. He's still only eight. Uh, still could be improvement in him. Like he won a handicap chase in Sligo in September. Second and third have both won since. Uh, and they're both decent horses for a Sligo handicap chase. Uh, I think 16 to 1 is a very, very big price about him. And David Mullins hopefully will ride him. I see Willie doesn't have a run in the race. He always rides him. So I think 16 to 1 is a huge price. He'll have no weight and he'd be one. I think he could be punted as well, you know, given the plunge the last day. Uh, but I back him each way. He's such he will a good be after people you know? start listening to this. He will be punted after people start listening yeah, to yeah. this. Yeah, they'd be very yeah, stupid for listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm mad keen on, on like, uh, tapping. I can't even say it. Yeah, that's it. I'm mad keen on that horse uh, to get my money back from the last day as well. So everything you say, I will echo. Did you have something else for the handicap? Uh, yeah, the other one I'd be interested in, I, I love Spargelen as a horse. I think he's a real proper champion hurdle class horse and hopefully will run in the champion hurdle. But the only horse I've ever seen be able to travel with him on the bride going to the last is Machuca. He's done it twice. He did it at Leperstown one day at Fairy House. Uh, he's failed chaser. He's, he's ran four or five times this season over fences as a five-year-old. They might go back to that game. He might not run now in the, the Ladbrokes handicap hurdle. Um, I think it's a Saturday. It used to be the pier to the MCR at that race. But um, yeah. he's a horse now that could, could be 101 on the exchange on the day, um, depending on the jockey ratings. He's 33 to 1 there now. He's rated 137. Um, he was at Leopardstown. The only time he's ever ran at Leopardstown, he was beaten two lengths by Esquire at that lane. He had far class beaten all ends up. Uh, jump in the last and first class just stayed on past him um, to beat him by about half a length but he, he, he really is a travelly thing uh, I think 137 he still could be fairly treated I think he went off favourite actually for the Fred Winter so I just think he's a fair tool and you might get a huge price about him 33 is big enough but uh, you might get an absolutely massive price about him so Machuca in the handicap hurdle if he goes for it Fascinating shout. Um, there'll definitely be a few quid thrown each way on that. That race is the 345 uh, on Saturday. Steve, uh, Steve sorry, okay. just a quick one. Um, do, you think, uh, Tor- do you think Tony Martin's horse is terrible value in the Labrook uh, Wunderly-ish? Uh, Charles Burns' horse, isn't he, Wunderly-ish? Charles Burns, yeah. He, I think if you like Wunderly-ish, and I can see he does look an improver, I, I do... Definitely want to take them on. I think when horses start to look like they're superstars and handicaps, they generally aren't, so you have to take them on. And I think if you're taking that angle of Paddy, the one I'd be interested in is Saglawi, who was last turning in in that good handicap hurdle at Fairy House that he won. And there's a three-pound swing, and he was only just beaten in third, flying home. And I think Ruby could end up riding him. The only I would have tipped up Saglawi in this race, except... Uh, he's got a really high weight and I don't think a horse adamant approach might have won this race over 11 stone this is a I wouldn't be a trends man but this is a real trends race and always has been so I, I definitely want to take on Wonderlace at the price 
Yeah, I just thought he was skimpy. I mean, I love the little horse and the way he travelled the last day. I mean, God, and and I know Davy had he had a dream run round in in such a competitive race, but he just showed real gears. Um, but you know, he's not over big. He's got eleven stone six there. It'd be interesting to see, like you said, if, if all that rain arrives. Um, but what how would that would affect his price? Because plenty of weight now for for you know just a handy size flat horse. Um, you know, but he's. He's, he, he looks exciting, that's for sure. Yeah, there are plenty of uh, horses like that that people can't wait to see, of course, across the Dublin Racing Festival. We've got some cracking insight there from from Paddy and Stephen. Uh, wants to pick out, of course, Aramon uh, Lake, the one I can't pronounce, <laughs> Machuca in that handicap at Rag Odds. Uh, my, my nap, and I think I gave it to you right at the very start of our preview, is uh, is the very skinnily priced, perhaps, but I still think it's a bit of value, six to four min. I am normally the curse of all curses on naps on this podcast, so if you want to avoid one, maybe it is min in that Dublin chase, but um, I'll be getting involved. If we just very quick eye on the English action, uh, lads. Uh, Paddy, I might mention to you, I think you wrote up in the, your gambler.com um, piece that you fancy Ballymoy next time it goes out. That's in the card at three o'clock on Sandown. Uh, also on that card is the Cilia Novices Chase. I'm delighted to see Vindication is uh, jocked up for Kim Bailey, David Bass, um, cracking horse. Really looking forward to him. Uh, any views on the Silly Isles? Yeah, it looks like he's going to go, doesn't he, uh, Vindication? Um, you know, just one of these very few Vinnie Rose kicking around. I don't know why there's not more of them, but I think he's done terrifically well at Stood as a sire. But, I mean, he's two from two over fences. I think Kim Bailey, I read in one of his articles this morning, is a little bit worried because they're going to be putting frost covers down at Sandown, so he wonders what that is, what sort of an effect that's going to have on the ground. It can make it a bit sort of tacky and just not very nice, to be honest. Um, he thought that that was the sort of one of the only boxes that this horse had to tick. But I mean, so far, this horse actually, he actually beats the McManus horse at Ascot last year, the um, champ. Um, you know, so his form is pretty solid. Um, this Kim Bailey horse, and he's another trainer who's going from strength to strength. He's having a terrific year. Um, but, you know, for sure, we're going to see how good he is. He's already been a lot of the mark of one five one. But I think this race might just cut up a little bit. OK, Corral is in there. I think a horse who's really got his act together over fences as well. He's two from two this time. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Vindication because, uh, like I've mentioned on here before, I'm a big fan of Vinnie Rowe. I think he, he, he really does get some, some nice ones. And I think Kim Bailey's got one here. Yeah, I, I think he does. Stephen, have you been impressed with Vindication? We haven't seen him perhaps as many times as we would have liked to, but he's he's well underway this season. Yeah, I, di- I didn't like his seasonal debut that much. I thought he looked a bit leery and, and a bit skewy over some of his fences. He was kind of going sideways over Pugan, but he corrected that the last day and looked very professional. Um, so I'd definitely take him over Lost in Translation. I don't like Lost in Translation. Yeah, I thought he just happened. I thought he stayed past Deputy Decide the last day. I thought Deputy Decide didn't stay, which suggests to me they shouldn't run Deputy Decide here over two and a half. You know, he looks a two miler. Um, so I want Deputy in the Arkle. I really want yeah, Deputy going in the Arkle. in the Arkle. Yeah, yeah. You run it back for the Grand Annual, I'd say. Yeah. And the, <laughs> um, I, I just think in a match between Vindication and Lost in Translation, um, seven to four is a good price on Vindication. I spent 20 minutes going through this race last night figuring out what was going to run and I was getting fierce excited about Del Oro who's 20 to 1 uh, as an each way angle because he ran in that, that good handicap chase of Glenn Forza and Glenn Rocco came out he was fourth in that 
he won a handicap chase since it's sand down. Gary Moore's definitely going to run him. There's going to be about four runners, vindication, loss of translation. Definitely won't run. The bag of wild won't run. Okay, Corral won't run. Mulcahy still is going to Weatherby. Uh, crucial role is led the last time two weeks ago, won't run. Articulum's going to play in Ireland, surely. Rio Quinto is going to Weatherby. And the other thing's 200 to one. So I was like, there's four runners. And then I looked at all the bookies, and it's uh, two places. The whole lot of them. <laughs> they know. And, oh, my God. So if you can find someone playing three places, try and take about the 20 to one about Del Aro. And maybe then decide you're going to run. And Sandown's one of those places, even though it takes a bit of staying, you can almost get away with it because there's so much speed down the back straight when you're jumping. You can get you can get ten legs up on a horse and you just need to stumble up the hill and you might get away with it. So maybe they will run him. But I think it'd just really stretch him before Chatham. I think it'd be a totally wrong thing to do. So assuming he doesn't run, I definitely would side with Vindication. Okay, I'm a big Vindication fan. I think seven to four is a, is a fair enough price. Um, Devi may well run because I assume Barry will be there because we've got Bouvardet in the contenders hurdle. Um, you know, Bouvardet just doing what Bouvardet does and uh, turn up for his pre-Cheltenham romp. Uh, one to eight there, lads. I don't think we'll spend uh, too much time on Bouvardet not taking on too much in that contenders hurdle at Sandown. Was there anything else you wanted to pick out over the weekend, Stephen? Um, no, no. Uh, I was mainly concentrating on Leprestown. I had a quick look at that total novice chase, but yep. couldn't make head nor tail of it. No, I think that's fair. Panic. Yeah, the, the Toughton, I thought, I mean, obviously the, the Kirby horse is going to be somewhere near up the top of the betting there, but for me, I think he's, the handicapper's given him 150 already. I think it's just enough for, you know, the, the sort of tracks he's been around, that Weatherby race fell apart the last day. Um, I mean, he has got an RSA entry, and I just think on ratings, he's been a little bit maybe overdone just for now. I thought the Venetia horse that was in there, if he turns up, the dear of Alice, he's an ex, um, ex Willie Mullins horse. This horse now is a little bit under the radar. I mean, his form is nowhere near anything that's required to win this, but I do think he's on the improve if he does turn up. Uh, and obviously, maybe if the ground is on the soft side. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, look, it's been a pleasure to have Stephen Cass and Paddy Aspel on the race out. We have uh, digested and, uh, well, I would say dissected plenty of absolutely superb racing this weekend. Uh, you've been listening to the Race Out podcast brought to you by gambling.com. Uh, I'm Dean Ryan. Thanks very much to you both. Cheers. Thanks, Dean. Check out gambling.com today for up-to-date horse racing trends, betting news, and strategy guides. Take advantage of our exclusive bonus offers for the biggest online bookmakers and casinos. At gambling.com, we write daily tipping pieces on the biggest sports. We find the best prices so you don't have to. Make placing a bet easier. Visit gambling.com today.